0: Today, we're going to try to paint a clearer picture of an age bracket that's exerting a growing influence on the alcohol industry. This demographic has their own unique set of core values and behaviors that are altering traditional dynamics of beverage alcohol. We're, of course, talking about Gen Z. But despite the rise of at-home drinking and ready-to-drink convenience, this is a segment that really does like to take advantage of on-premise occasions. So how does this age bracket drink in the on-premise today, and how will this change the landscape for bars and venues in the years to come? Charlie Mitchell, Research and Insights Director of Nielsen IQ Global, stopped by the Park Street University stage at BarCon in Berlin to do just this. He's going to bring you a little bit closer to the Gen Z demographic and how they relate to alcohol. I'm Emmett Strack, and you're listening to an Essential Talk from the Park Street Insider Podcast.
1: Hey, everyone. Nice to be here. Thanks for coming. I imagine there's a few sore heads, so I'll try and go quick. I'll try and make this pacey, and let's get through it. So, yeah, uh, along with Morton and Chris, we'll be talking about Gen Z, Gen Z, how to attract this consumer group. Let's try and break a, th- a few myths around who the consumer is. Um, but what I wanted to do is start quite macro, really. And I've called this the future on-premise consumer, actually, when we look at it and we'll come into it. It's not necessarily the future on-premise consumer. It's the current on-premise consumer. These are people you need to be attracting right now. But let's start with who are they? Who are we talking about? We're talking about Gen Z. So born from 1997 to 2012. I'm a millennial. So let's get stereotypes out of the way. I eat avocado on toast. Can't afford a mortgage. Watch Netflix. These guys, ethically and consciously moral. They spend all the time on TikTok. They've got no sense of kind of what's going on. They shop in fashion shops. They kind of recycle. And here's the kicker, right? They don't drink alcohol. Morton will come on to kind of no and low alcohol. But what we know about these consumers are, or what we think we know, is that they're not alcohol drinkers. Who else have we got? Well, we're not going to talk about it, but we've got to the end of the alphabet. So Gen Z, last ones. So what's coming next, we're going to talk about Gen Alpha, actually. They're the ones who are coming after this. Um, but today we'll be talking about Gen Z. So we wanted to have a look at them in the on-premise. I know there's tons of data on this slide, but I'll talk you through it. We wanted to have a look at them in the on-premise. And, and the first thing to say here is that we, we, we can break some of those myths. We can demystify. These are alcohol drinkers. If you look on the top right there, 70% of them visit the on-premise weekly. These are people who are coming into the trade. That's more often than normal. Yes, as you'd expect, they're looking for businesses that promote ethical well-being. They're looking for sustainable businesses. They prefer having different drinks in the on-trade than at home. They are experimenting. They're building their categories. They're not yet loyal to any drinks brands. That, that's a key part as well. They are looking to try different and new drinks. Of course, social media is, is really impactful. There's a few nuances in there. They're more likely to use social media more likely to use TikTok, less likely to use Facebook, more likely to use Instagram. So when we think about how do we target this consumer group, we need to be taking into account what they do, where they are, both virtually and in the social media world as well. But I just wanted to delve a little bit deeper to begin with into their on-premise habits. So as I said, they've kind of growing their repertoire. you can see on the left-hand side of the screen here, they've got about four or five different drink categories within their repertoire. That's slightly lower than the generation above them, so millennials have got kind of between six, seven, eight, nine drinks categories. These are people who are expanding their repertoire, but the big stat, probably the, the biggest stat that we can talk to you about, is for the very first time, this is a consumer group that when they go into the on-trade, are more likely to drink cocktails than they are to drink beer. We've never seen that before in any consumer, and you can see on, on this slide it really does bring it home. That gives a big opportunity. The spirit suppliers, we think the beer's got a bit of a recruitment problem. They're not providing social media friendly serves. People aren't going into the on-trade to treat themselves to a beer. They're looking for that cocktail, that experience that on-trade delivers. So what are they drinking then? We, had, we said that they're drinking between four and five different drinks. More likely to drink cocktails, we've already touched on that. More likely to drink soft drinks and no and low alcohol. These are moderators. They're, they're not necessarily teetotalers but they do want to moderate their alcohol content. More like to drink spirits, again, less like to drink beer. And actually, there's a few interesting nuances at the bottom as well. These are people who are looking to explore new and alternative categories. Soju will come on to, Pisco, Mescal. These are the people who are trying new things. Craft beer, and then the other big thing we'll come on to, celebrity endorsed drinks as well. If you can partner with the right celebrity, you've got a chance of attracting these guys. There's one beer brand that sticks out as totally different, though, who do manage to attract a Gen Z audience, and that's Guinness. So don't know much about CGA. We collect data from across the globe in terms of on-premise data. We collect sales data, and we can see that the one beer brand that's booking all the trends, especially with this audience, is Guinness. Now, why is that? It's because it's instantly recognizable. They do a great job on marketing, but also it's Insta-friendly. People want to take a photo, of their pint of Guinness in the same way that they want to take a photo of their cocktail. So when we're thinking about how to attract this audience, we need to think about our serve strategy, whatever category we're playing in. So looking back at at who this consumer is then, what I also want to touch on was social media. You can see actually the power that social media has with this uh, demographic. 83% of them, after they've seen something on social media, will go on to purchase that product either in the off-trade or in the on-trade, far higher than any other generation that we see. Also, we spoke about celebrity endorsement. Again, it over-indexes significantly. 58 over half of them will purchase what they see based on celebrity endorsement or influencers. Now, the big thing here, there's a big watch out. Obviously, we've seen influencer strategy work, and we've seen it fail miserably and really have a negative impact. The key is to understand your brand values and understand your consumer value or your target consumer's values. Pick a celebrity or an influencer who mirrors those values. That is how you need to communicate uh, with, with this crucial audience. Obviously, we can see, you know, the Negroni Spagliato, we all know about it, the massive spike in interest caused by Emma Darcy just on, a, on one TikTok. Actually, it influences people's decision-making as well, actually. What we've always talked about at CJ is the path to purchase. How do consumers choose drinks in the on-trade? And previously, that happened as soon as someone set foot in an outlet. They'd be looking at POS, they'd be looking at menu, they'd be speaking to bartender. Actually, now this is happening far earlier than previously. People are planning for their visit at the weekend on a Tuesday. They're scrolling through social media. They're seeing what their friends are posting, and they're building inspiration what they're going to choose when they next set foot in an outlet so you can see here social media for for those of you who are operators in the room is just as important as the drinks menu in terms of driving visit make sure that you inspire people to come to your venues what else do we need to know about a Gen Z consumer we need to understand how to target them based on what's important to them you can see that they're more likely to be interested in health they're more likely to be interested in travel more likely to be interested in gaming, those types of things. How can we activate to capture this audience? Well, the first thing as I to say, these are people who are looking to moderate. Morton's going to talk a lot about that. And what we really like, some of the campaigns that the likes of Diadio and Perno have done to encourage responsible drinking. Enjoy slow, drink our drinks, but do it sensibly. Easy does it. We also see a lot of innovation around no and low, obviously or lower MPD, the likes of Pernod, Capri, Radler, is really increasing, and actually could take on hard seltzer, especially with, with this younger gem- de- demographic. No and low spirits as well, of course, but, uh, another area. As I said, we need to understand who they are, what they do, and activate accordingly. Great activation here from Heineken, and this is in Brazil, sponsoring and taking over an esports event, really playing with their brand, their, their best brand for this audience, Heineken Zero Zero to build equity with consumers who are living their best lives. You can build relationships in the on-trade. You can build relationships through events like this, through activations, which will build that customer relationship for the rest of their lives. You're talking about an audience who are not yet brand loyal, but you can build loyalty. And then finally, obviously, these are a, a, a consumer group who want to progress with their career but want to travel as well. This is obviously a digital nomad community. These are the people who are, Travelling the world and working. And we probably think there's a bit of an opportunity here as well. This is Nomad X. They've got five or six kind of sites across the globe. This one's in Brazil. It's actually state funded. So the, the Brazilian government uh, pay for this. And they put food and drink at the heart of the offer. So for drink suppliers, what we're saying really is, hey, you can target operators and try to work with operators. Maybe think about where are these consumers are. These are potentially you know, high net worth consumers in, in five, 10 years. Can you activate in these types of places, again, to build long-lasting relationships? But actually, as people are traveling across the world and and with the influence of of social media, trends are moving quicker than ever, especially for this generation. We're no longer seeing trends move from west to east. They're moving south to north, east to west, all over the globe. Of course, Africa is probably the, the culturally cool capital. Of the world. you have got Afrobeats, we've got film, music, culture, fashion, all emanating from Africa and having an impact on all consumers, but especially Gen Z consumers and especially when they go into the on-trade as well. Actually, Gen Z, where are they? They are in Africa. These stats are, are crazy. The right-hand side there, by the end of the decade, nearly half of the global youth population will have been born in sub-Saharan Africa of course not all of those are alcohol drinkers but they do provide a big opportunity 70 it's a young vibrant community and population the african uh, population under 30 predominantly and actually looking to explore in the on trade as well again diageo doing a great job of, of trying to tap into that culturally cool um flavour i suppose that essence of africa the likes of the ones who keep walking which is a, a, a big cultural film art music activation and going big with a brand that resonates johnny walker of course we can't do a trends presentation without talking about k-pop and again it just shows how trends are moving across the globe gen z of course k-pop that's the type of thing they're into netflix has just invested two billion dollars to find the next squid game and that is having an impact on what people perceive as being cool and what people are looking for in the on trade right actually at home as well is, is cross-category, gochujang, Korean spicy paste. Sales are up massively, but so too is the likes of soju because they are targeting the best bars in the world. So this is Bar Kimiko. You may know it in Chicago. The Soju Association of Japan have hired the owner of this as a brand ambassador. They're using the same playbook that spirits companies have done for decades to seed their brands in high-quality outlets to build brand relationships. And of course, Soju looking at the same activation playbook, activating at festivals, linking their brands to Gen Z consumers who are living their best lives. Um, And of course, Latin America as well. You know, we've got the likes of Bad Bunny. We've got Mexican fashion, Peruvian food, music, arts, culture, again, having a sense of a multicultural cool that plays through to Gen Z. And it plays through in the on-trade as well. This is the first time we've ever seen this as well, by the way. Tequila last year overtook vodka to be the second biggest spirits category in the US on-trade. That's driven by cocktail serves. It's driven by Gen Z. The the rate of growth, we think it won't be long before tequila is battling with whiskey to be number one. So, yeah, in in summary, I suppose trends are impacting how consumers interact with the on-trade especially Gen Z who is seeing this sense of cool and taking that into their drinks decision-making. Again, you know, if you're thinking about as a, a drinks supplier who to partner with, think about this sort of stuff because it'll resonate with Gen Z. Uh, what else do we need to know about them from an on-trade perspective? Where are they going? What are they doing? Um, majority, on, on the whole, not dissimilar to average. They're going out for drink-led occasions, followed by food-led occasions, but experience-led is really creeping up. These are people who are going into the entree to have experiences. Not necessarily to just buy drinks or buy food. They want an experience when they go out. What has returned this year compared to last year, when we look at the the occasions that are increasing, those micro-occasions, the first ones are positive. Uh, After COVID, when we couldn't go out on dates, this is a a generation who likes to love, so... Romantic occasions are increasing. So too, a business meeting is are back. Uh, and this generation do like to go into the office. They do like to socialize with colleagues. So business meetings are back. And then things like catch up with friends, quick bite to eat. These are people who are time poor as well. So they're looking for convenience, but also experience. And experience really does play through. These, when we talk about Gen Z, these aren't consumers who are partying all night every night. What they are doing, though, is they're choosing one or two big occasions, maybe once a month or once every two months, and they're going big at those occasions and they're telling the world about it. There's a sense of social currency. If I'm going out and if I am drinking, I want everyone to know about it because I'm having the best time in my life. And it's places like this that are probably doing better overall than the wider late night economy, especially with Gen Z. An experience is something that's coming through. We've all seen those experience-led venues. We have likes of interactive darts in the UK, mini golf-type places. Again, the places that resonate with a Gen Z audience because they want to do something different and they want to then post about it. This is a great example. In Mexico, you have to do an escape room to even get in. And then it's a kind of of chic bar in there, great food, great cocktails street food and and events and pop-ups again resonate more with gen z than other consumers again it's because of that sense of experience Uh, and gigs music festivals this is another key part so when you're thinking about where to activate to attract this consumer base you need to take that into account these are the places probably more so than the traditional bricks and mortar on-premise venues where you can win And, and if you're an operator then again, consider activating at these places with your food and drink offering to then drive visits into your bricks and mortar establishments. So I know that was quite, quite a quick wra- wrap round of the Gen Z consumer. But the first thing here, I suppose, is as I said at the very start, this isn't the future on-premise consumer, it's the current on-premise consumer. They are different. Let, let's not um, beat around the bush. They are different. They're driven by that sense of social currency they love experience, they're looking for ethical responsibility, but they do want to be connected to that multi multicultural sense of cool. But there are opportunities with this consumer group. Yes, they're quite fickle at the moment, but they're looking to build relationships with brands, be that operators or be that suppliers or be that drinks brands. And actually, in order to build those relationships, you need to understand where they're going, what they're doing and what motivates them. If you activate well you will build relationships for life
0: hi everyone it's emily again we really appreciate you tuning in into this episode and hope you found it valuable this podcast is produced by emmett strack and co-hosted by me emily pennington and andres correa if you like the show we'd love to hear your feedback the best way to do that is to give us a rating or leave a review on your preferred platform if you're interested in getting involved with the podcast Send us an email at psu at parkstreet.com, which is also listed in the show notes. You can find more educational materials on our website, parkstreet.com, or YouTube channel, search Park Street University.
1: Thanks a lot, and cheers until next time.